off a three-week series that's going to lead us into Easter entitled For the One. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, (laughs) For the One. And uh, it's all about, it's based off of Luke 15, where Jesus talks about the lost coin, the lost sheep, and then the lost son. Uh, Easter is a great opportunity uh, for you to, to get someone who normally would not step foot in a church to come. Like your, your percentage of getting a yes goes, it skyrockets, you know? And so, um, and so we're just going to start a, a new series on that. And uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter 14 this morning. Luke chapter 14. Uh, we're going to start at verse 21. Luke chapter 14, verse 21. And it says this, The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, There is still room for more. So his master said, Go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. Uh, this morning, uh, we're, we're going to talk about the power of the invitation. The power of the invitation. Let's pray one more time and then we'll jump in. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for what you've already done in this place, God. We thank you uh, that for the opportunity that we have to gather together uh, as a community. And so, God, right now, we just lean into what you have for us this morning. God, we, we want to uh, lean into to your heart. God, we want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better, but not for our own benefit, God, but so that we can change the worlds around us. So, Father, I just speak to our hearts this morning. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, how many of you guys know that not all invitations are the same? Not all the invitations are, are, are similar. Uh, for instance, a uh, while back, my friend invited me. He lives in uh, Charleston, North or South Carolina is one of those. Uh, he invited me to Charleston, and he was like, hey, man, I want, to, I want to fly you out here. I want to pay for your trip. You don't have to pay for uh, lodging. You don't have to pay for transportation. You don't even have to pay for your food. He's like, I just want... I just want to invite you to my house. And I'm like, let's go. You know, like, you didn't have to twist my arm for that one. I'm going. But not all invitations are equal. And so there is that great invitation. But then there is also this invitation that my wife gave me when she uh, started phlebotomy school. Now, if you don't know what phlebotomy school is, it's just a bunch of people that just, like, like to suck the blood out of you. And... um, (laughs) <laughs> and so uh, because of the loving husband that I am, I said yes to the invitation, not knowing really what the invitation was about. And so I arrived there. This was, bef- this was right when we first got married. My wife, like I said, she, she, she had this amazing idea to be a phlebotomist. And so I get to her class, and I'm like, babe, I'm, the good husband is here. I'm ready for whatever you have. What, like, why am I here? And she said, uh, well, we need people to, to practice on, to draw blood from. I said, excuse me? <laughs> like you're bored on like needles, you know? 
And uh, she's like, yes, uh, we just, we, and, and so like, I'm like, okay, you know, I understand a happy wife, right? A happy life. And that's what they say. And so, um, so I'm like, okay, fine. You can, you can. And so every Saturday for a good two months, <laughs> I would go in and, uh, and, 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 and just sit while my wife would practice <laughs> getting that needle uh, in my arm, and then eventually this invitation from f- that she gave to me, uh, it wasn't just for her, but all of a sudden her co-phlebotomists, they were like, oh, he has a good nerve or good vein. <laughs> yeah, he, your husband's blessed with a good vein, and I'm like, I don't want to be blessed with a good vein. So then I got, she had like some of her classmates just like practicing on my arm, and, and yeah, my gosh, yes. <laughs> And uh, I'm like, why couldn't you do something easier? <laughs> and and so um, so I'm just sitting there, and 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 my arm is. Uh, so basically, I don't like needles now. Come on, somebody, and you, and <laughs> even more, I don't like needles even more. But but he, here's what I'm what I'm I'm getting at this morning, besides just therapy of letting you know how my wife has messed me up in the head, uh, <laughs> is that what you're invited to matters. What you are invited to matters. And if you don't understand, if you don't get a clear understanding of what you are being invited to, the chances of you understanding the importance of it decreases. And so this morning, we're we're talking about the power of inviting, but specifically the power of inviting someone to church. Now, there's a couple responses that just happened when I said that. Some of you who are introverted, you're like, I should have came next week. Like, this is, like, you're, you're, like, you're, you're, he's like, you're thinking, man, he's going to make me go out and, and hand out tracks right in front of Target. And, uh, but then there's other people in here who, who are not introverted. They're actually extroverted. And you're like, finally, the word of God, you know. <laughs> Y'all are hyped right now. And, and, and I also understand that, uh, because some of you may be thinking this, I also understand that the church is more than just a building. That you is the church. I am the church. And so, so, so I understand that the church is more than just these four walls that we gather um, into. But I also understand that God established the gathering of the saints for a purpose. And for a reason. In fact, in Matthew chapter 16, I believe, uh, he's, uh, Jesus tells Peter, he says, Peter, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. And so prior to this, uh, Jesus, he, he's letting Peter know, he, he's asking his disciples, who do people say that I am? And Peter said, you are Christ. And then Jesus says, that is correct. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. So Jesus, like he's establishing that the church has a mission. The church is built on something, but it also has a mission. Listen, we come here on a Sunday morning uh, not just to get fed, but so that when we leave here, we can step into the mission field. This is like a charging station, y'all. This is, this, is a, this is like a time where we can just rally together and get excited about the hope of who we have in Jesus. And then when we get out, we're into something different. Like Jesus, he's established the gathering of the saints for a purpose, for a reason. 
And I love the fact that he said the gates of hell won't prevail. And so he's establishing uh, the, uh, the local church for a reason. I would like to go even further and say that there is an activation that takes place in here that I can't replicate or duplicate out there. That there's something about being together. See, we know this because for almost two years we weren't able to do this. And we are trying our best, right, to engage with worship online, on Facebook, and then we get a little pop-up message, and I better check that message, but I'm still trying to worship on Facebook. Is that just me? That was just me? <laughs> that was just, like, I'm typing amen in the chat box, but I don't, have no idea what he's saying, and I'm the one that's saying it. I'm just saying, that's just me. Okay. <laughs> but there's something that happens in this room. When I'm with other people, listen, there's something about worship, musical worship, that when I see someone next to me engaging, it kind of just encourages me to engage a little bit more. There's something about me sitting and participating in a message when someone next to me is like, preach, amen, that you're like, yeah. Yeah, preach. Amen. I don't get it, but yeah, amen. There, there's something about the gathering of the saints. In fact, the psalmist writes in Psalms 92, he said, those who are planted in the house shall flourish. So, so there's a purpose. There's a reason why we come together. But again, if I have the wrong perspective, if I have the wrong perspective of why we're gathering here together, of why we meet on a Sunday morning, then all of a sudden church can become distorted. All of a sudden church seems like a routine. Church seems like a task. Church seems like it's something that I have to do, that I have to go to. When in fact that is, nothing could be further from the truth. Because your, your perspective of church will determine your response of the importance that you place on inviting someone to church. So I got to have the right perspective of why we're gathering. I got to have the right perspective of this place that we call the local church. Because if I don't have the right perspective, and if I don't understand that lives flourish in the house of God, if I don't understand that that people can come here and Jesus can encounter them and, and that I can get charged from my neighbor in worship. If I don't understand that and I miss it, all of a sudden the importance of me wanting to invite someone here diminishes. It decreases. In fact, we see this uh, with people who are new to Christ. Right, like someone who's brand new, they step into church and uh, they encounter Jesus for the first time. They, they leave this place and they're like, yo, you gotta come check this out. Like, I, the vibe here is crazy. The aura here, I don't know what it is. Like, we know it's the Holy Spirit, but, you know, like, people who don't know Jesus, they're like, the aura here, come. Check it out. They don't understand it, but they get it because they've experienced something. They understand that, man, like, when I, I in this gathering of believers, something happened in my heart. Something changed my thoughts. Thoughts. But if you've noticed, the longer that you've been in church, the longer that you've been showing up on Sunday mornings, 
the, the less the less value, like you begin to, to, to see church differently. You, you, you become, it becomes a habit. It becomes a routine. It becomes something like if I don't go to it, then my week is going to go horrible. And so, so I just, I want us to be able to see the value and the power of the invitation. And so we actually see this in Luke chapter 14, the story that we read uh, at, the, at, at the very beginning of our time together. And in this parable, Jesus, he, he's telling, he's telling uh, his crew about, uh, about a party that this, this guy is throwing. And he, he's throwing this party and he sends out this invite. And, and I just want to point out that this, this, this story, this parable, it's an analogy of the invitation that God has issued to all of humanity. And that's really what this story is about. And so in our last moments together, I want to give you three aspects of the invitation that God has issued to you and I. So, so just really the, the whole, like the, what does the invitation entail? And so here's the very first one, number one. The invitation, Jesus is inviting us into something. Jesus inviting us into something. So Luke 14, again, Jesus starts off with the parable. He's inviting everyone, uh, or excuse me, the, 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 the party owner or the party thrower, excuse me, is inviting people. Like he has a guest list and he has his employee go out and hand out invites to people. And one by one, people are like, I can't go to the party. One by one. To eventually where no one was able to come. Now, for you party throwers, you'll like how rude, right? Because you know how it is when you spend all this time getting something together, and then people are like, hey, I can't make it last minute. You kind of just want to, <laughs> uh, right? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, and, and so, so they, they're inviting, excuse me, uh, he invited a guest list. They couldn't come. And so his employee comes back to me. He's like, hey, boss. Um, everybody can no longer make it to, to this, this party that you're throwing. And, and the text says that, that this guy was uh, the party thrower. He was angry, but he didn't just cancel it. He didn't decide to throw it to a different day. But the text says that he then told his employee, okay, go find other people. Go, go to the highways and byways and, and, and open up this invitation to everyone. Let everyone come in. And so what we know that this is a foreshadowing of the Messiah that was coming, right? Because originally uh, Israel, they thought that the Messiah was just for them. That, that, that the Messiah was just for the Jewish people. But later we would find out, Peter would find out that nope, this, this message, this invitation of hope that is not just for the Jewish people, but it's also for the Gentiles. And so if you're not Jewish, then you would be considered a Gentile. All you Gentiles say, praise God. <laughs> like, so, so all of a sudden, this invitation is not just, just for a certain group of people, but, but he opens up the invitation to everyone. He's saying, everybody is invited into this. Everybody is invited to the party. Hey, here's some great news. You're invited to the party. You're invited to the party, the invitation of, of, of being able to step into something new that Jesus has for you 
you are invited. You're invited into something new. In fact, in Matthew chapter 11, this is what Jesus is talking about, a new way of living. He says this, are you tired? Yes. Are you worn out? Yes. Are you burned out on religion? Yes. <laughs> Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So Jesus, he, he's inviting you and I into something new. He's inviting us into a new way of living, a new way of thinking, a new way of loving, a new way of hoping. He's inviting us into something brand new. He's like, what I'm inviting you into, it's not heavy, it's light. What I'm inviting you into, it's not going to make you weary, it's going to give you rest. He's like, I'm inviting you into something new. Friends, that's great news. He, he's inviting us into something where, where we know, where the, he's inviting us into something that we can experience life in a brand new way. This is the invitation that Jesus is, is inviting all of humanity into. And so the first, the first part of the invitation is it's an invitation into something. But not only is it an invitation into something, but it's an invitation out of something. It's an invitation into something, but it's also an invitation out of something. So we read that the, the, the party thrower, he's like, hey, go find people. So, so the employee, he goes, he goes to like sketchy places to like invite people to the party. He's, he's, he's going to places where, like, you, 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 you're clutching on to your mace because you don't know what's, what's going to happen. You know, like, like, come on, Walmart at, at night in Roner Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I go there with my taser because yeah, it's scary. And so he's sending, he's like, he's inviting people. Over, like he, he's going everywhere to find people to, to invite them into something. And, and, and excuse me, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 says this to throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. So Jesus is not just inviting us into something new, but it's also in the invitation out of the old. Now, here's the beauty of an of an invitation is that when I'm invited into something, it naturally draws me out of something. So when I'm invited, like if I get an invitation to something, I, like just because I have the invitation does not mean I'm at the party. And so the invitation is to everyone, all of humanity. Like, you don't have to be perfect. You, you don't have to be uh, right. You're invited. You're invited. But, but here, here is the natural, the natural tendency of, of receiving the invitation is that we're like, okay, cool, I'm invited. 
But naturally, when I'm invited to something, when I'm invited into something, I have to step out of something. And so now that I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm into my old ways, my old habits, my own things. Like whenever I'm invited into, when Jesus is like, hey, you're invited into this. I'm already invited, but, but here's the deal. Like me stepping into that, I'm stepping out of where I was into something new. This is the important part of the message, the gospel, is that, yes, we're all invited as we are, but there's a natural tendency of us having to step out of the old into something new. Because God doesn't want to keep you where you're at. He doesn't want to keep me where I'm at. He wants to change and transform me. Not because it's a power trip, y'all, but because he understands the best for me. He understands what he has for me that I can't even fathom, I can't even imagine. And he's inviting us into something, a changed life. And here's why this is important. Here's why it's, it's not just the fact that we're invited into something, but we're invited out of something. is because a changed life is the best invitation you can ever have. A changed life is the best invitation that you can ever have. Because trust me, I've built my testimony from the age of 17, 18, 19, 20. And then I built some more testimony in Fairfield, 21, 22. And then I, I finally found Jesus. But guess what? When people find out what I'm doing, they're like, wait, you do what? You're, you're a pastor? Yeah, yeah. It's like, you don't. Do you listen to him? No. You don't do? No. Why? Because a changed life is the greatest invitation that you can ever have. Like God wants to do something in your heart and in your life. He, he wants to radically change us. He wants to shape us and mold us. Because here's the reality. God looks at the heart, but man looks at our life. God looks at the heart, but man looks at the life. And so uh, the natural tendency for something like this is to be like, well, I, I just, I'm not even going to do it. Like, I can, never, I can never do this. But here's the great news. Christianity is not about perfection. It's never been about perfection. It's about a process. Like, God is not waiting for you to be perfect, and then you're invited. He's like, no, you're invited, and then now let's start the process that's the gospel. That's Jesus. And so I'm so glad that the invitation that he has for me, it, it doesn't just invite me into something, but it invites me out of something. And we could have the keys come up right now. And uh, here's the third invitation. Uh, it's an invitation to play a part in inviting others. This is a big part. So, so, so this invitation that we have, it's not just an invitation out into something. It's not just an invitation out of something, but it's an invitation that for you and I to play a part in sharing what Jesus is doing in our lives. There, there, there's a point for this. He's inviting us. He's inviting us to play a part. Just think about that. The God who created the heavens and the earth is like, hey, I want to partner with you. Like, I want to partner with you. 
He's inviting us into something. And so I want to have my, I have my friends, uh, John and Debbie, are going to come up real quick. And can we just give them a hand as I have some... They're going to, I think part of it is, let's see, do we check, have another check mic? Check one, two. Check one. Mic check one. There wasn't, here we go, here we go. Here's another one. And then I'm going to grab my stool, yeah. And um, I asked them to share, share their story uh, with us because, again, um, it's not just inviting, Jesus inviting us into something, right? It's inviting us out of something. And so I just asked them if they would just share a little bit about, um, they, how long have you guys been at Discovery? For a while now. Uh, yeah. Four years. Four years. Four years. Uh, four or five years. And so. Five originally. Five, or, five <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So you might talk about this too. So um, just kind of just give us a glimpse into like, like, like what led you to, to finding Discovery back at the community center? Sorry. Um, uh, I was doing the previewing um, online because, again, for us, it was important to have something relatable to the kids. Um, they were teenagers at the time, and um, you were a good fit for that. Um, so, and they didn't necessarily show up all the time, but they did watch online. And for us, in all the chaos, our kids were number one focus uh, for what was going on. So, um, yeah, we showed up um, at church, and, um, yeah, that was, that was what led us there. And then when we got there, that was a whole other whole thing. So. Yeah, do you want to go into that a little yeah. bit? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to go where you want me to go. <laughs> I hope you won't get more nervous talking right than me. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, the beginning, I think, of course, God already knew the whole journey that was going to happen. So I think um, he was planting the seeds right then, mm. um, knowing that things were even going to get worse. Mm. So um, he was had us there, um, and we hadn't accepted Christ into our life at that point. Um, and But he was planting the security that we needed and the safety that we needed just hearing the message. And I think for me personally, um, I was forgiving through God and it kept me staying. Um, it kept me doing something supernaturally that I wasn't able to do on my own. 
which God is here today mm. um, through God's grace that I, I can't even explain. Um, and hearing your message and hearing God's forgiveness and God's grace, and it was just penetrating, um, even though I felt like I wasn't taking it, it was penetrating, and things um, were, and you were talking with John. You were, that was huge for John. conversations with John and all John knew of church was stand up sit down you know like a Catholic background which was which it was good we love Catholics yeah, we love yeah. Catholics <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but he couldn't relate you couldn't relate to that and he would have conversations with you in the beginning and that formed for him that was important that he had that connection and um, so again having those seeds planted was so important because we stepped away because things got really bad. <laughs> Not from, you know, he had already at that point turned away from his past. And um, he, but outside circumstances came in and made things really bad um, through family situations. And um, we, and I'm holding on this tight. So he had let go of a former life, but he had nothing to fill it. And I'm holding on this tight, and I, I can't let go. And we actually ended up separating, and we weren't coming to church. Um, and I hesitated to say this because I knew that we were going to be talking. But that's the enemy, because the enemy doesn't want to. The enemy lets you lie in shame. So um, it came to a place where it got so bad that I tried to take my life, and. Um, that's where everything changed because um, <laughs> where I was trying to hold on so tight and I came out, God said, okay, are you ready? Mm. Like, are you ready for this? Are you ready to let me lead now? And where John was already ready, he had given up his former way. I hadn't. I was still holding on so tight. Um, and that was when we came back to church and I walked in and I knew where to go. We knew where to go. And um, so together we put God front and center of our life. And um, we just went up from there and we've been coming ever since. I love it. I love it because scripture says that they overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. And uh, it's amazing to see people people from the very beginning when they step in and then what happens when, when people can just remain faithful to the process and they can keep showing up and they kept showing up. And uh, it's just, it's amazing that you guys uh, are sitting here today like, just from the meetings that we've had from the very beginning, like, it's amazing. Yeah. I can't even believe it. <laughs> like, it's amazing. And, and so, come on, won't he do it? Won't God do something? And uh, did you want to share a little bit about just people, like, in the community of, like, a discovery and, and how that had helped through, through the process?
part, and I'm starting to meet more and more people here, which I mean, everybody you know here is amazing. Um, it's just been a, a wonderful experience. Yeah, and the small groups were amazing. Um, people praying for us, I've never had that before, mm. and um, we've never had that, and um, I think people outside of the church sometimes were trying to remind us of who we were, and people wow. at church were reminding us of who we be are and yeah. who we became wow. new that God so made good. us, and um, that was huge for us, and um, having people pray for us all the time was huge, and um, the friendships that we made are safe here. They're our family. Everyone has become our family. And um, that's been, you know, this is where we come. This mm. is where we build our life. Mm. And this is where we've built our future. And this is, this is, um, this is our life going forward. So, yeah. Awesome. Can we just give them a hand? Thank you guys for sharing. You guys are awesome. Thank you. So amazing. Come on. Tell you what, friends, we are not here just to kumbaya. God wants to do something in the house. He wants to do something in the gathering. And uh, I just want to close with this verse, John chapter 4. John chapter 4. And, and here's what's amazing, too, is that uh, they now are hosting a marriage group that this past Friday had 28 people. So come on. I love you guys so much. So John chapter 4, Jesus, he encounters a Samaritan woman. And uh, this, this is someone who, who Jewish people would not like want to interact with. It, like, they, they want, had nothing to do with him. And Jesus, he encounters this lady at the well. And um, I, love, I love this story because Jesus calls out this lady's past. He, 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 he at one point, he's like, um, he, he brings up her husband's. And uh, she's, she's like, he, he brings out to... He brings to her light, like, hey, I know that you don't just have one husband, but you have many. And the dude that you're living with now, he ain't even your husband. Woo! Come on. And she's like, oh, <laughs> I got to go. But here's what I love about this, is that Jesus, he saw her past. He understood her past. And he wasn't like, stay away from me, desperate housewife. He, he. He was like, he stayed and he talked and he conversed with her. He invited her into something. Invited her out of something. Invited her to be part of the process. And check this out, John chapter 4, verse 28. And this is where we're going to end. It says, the woman took the hint and left. In her confusion, she left her water pot. Back in the village, she told the people, come see a man who knew all about the things I did, who knows me inside and out. Do you think this could be the Messiah? 
This is what I love. Is that she experienced Jesus in his truest form. Not some religious uh, thing, but he, she experienced the tangible love of Jesus that, by the way, also corrected her. The tangible love of Jesus. And her response was to go to the village and say, come and see. Come and see this man that saw my past, that called me out and changed my life. Come and see. Friends, listen. We're part of this community together that when we leave here, our heart is to say, hey, come and see. Come and see. Because we understand that in the context of community, that when we can rub shoulders with one another, Jesus wants to do something. He wants to set us free. He wants us to live in the fullness that he has for us. Amen, somebody?